Today's show starts with a brand new and improved countdown. Callie has been practicing forever, and she nails it today. Uh, We also are starting a brand new month, which means I do what I do at the beginning of every month, and I hate myself for it. And would you forgive your bully from school if they came and asked for forgiveness? What about an adult bully? Do they get your forgiveness? We discuss on today's show. You are an upsider, living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. Welcome to the Upside. Update Packet. With Callie and Jeff. 30 seconds. Twenty. Okay. Fifteen. Ten. Stand by. In four, three, two, one. This is your first episode of the Upside. Welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Today is Thursday, September first. What? I know. It's weird. Also, if you, if the beginning, if the past 15 seconds have not been me counting down appropriately, that means Jeff Dollar edited out my perfect countdown for today. She's been practicing all day. (laughs) Uh, Today is Thursday, September 1st. You know what? I kind of hate myself for making a big deal because I feel like at the first of every month, that's just a thing that people do. You do it. I think I do it it every every month. month. I'm sorry. It's September 1st. I actually feel like. It's September 1st. Whoop, whoop. But I actually feel like it just, like, it actually belongs, like, today feels like September 1st. Like, I don't feel like August was oddly long or short. I feel like August was just August. It's just an August. Just August. So, yeah. Today's Thursday, September 1st. My name is Jeff Dyer. Today I'm grateful for our, um, what's it called? Co-working space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our remote office Location, I'm so productive there. We were really hesitant to pull the trigger on that too. I think it's, when you think of small business, like the most intimidating thing is going to a shared co-working space because I think we looked at probably like four or did research on four or five different ones. And my gripe is, and I believe I said this on the show, Sorry. They, don't, they don't post their prices. Right. So you don't know, like they make you go do a tour and stuff like that. And then they just like tell you what the prices are. So if you've never been a part of a co-working space before, you're like, okay, are they going to tell me it's like $20 a month or like $5,000 a month? Because I don't have $5,000 a month. And that's like what office co- the office spaces cost. You, you know what I mean? So I was like so scared of the prices. Now that we do it, we're in a routine and you're getting out of the house to go to an office. Like. I'm really glad that we're doing it. And just so you know, if, you, if you're in the market for this, um, like if you're a, a work from home person and you're like, I'd be much more productive if I had a space. If you pressure them, like if you go to the website of the of the co-working space and you find a contact and you're like, I don't want to come in. Like I don't want a tour. I don't want. I just like, want to know what the prices the, are. The price is my most your physical location and the price are my most, because this is what I told them, is those two things are my most whatever, like 
deciding factors. Those are the most significant things coming into the decision. So I know where you're physically located. Tell me the price. And then if those if that lines up, then I'll come in and I'll I'll do a tour. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go do a tour if you're gonna tell me it's out of my price range. Right. You know? It's like such a waste of time. So, like, like if you say $5,000, like I'm not like, I, I may love you, but I don't have $5,000. Right. So. I'm not going to waste everybody's time. So, uh, so if you are in the market for that, just put a little pressure on them. They'll tell you what the Cause they do are. want your business. Yeah. Like they're, you know, they're salespeople. Yeah. They want your business. Yeah. I'm not sure why I said that either. Yeah. My name is Callie Dollar, and I am grateful for my phone case. I would like to say something very quickly about my day at the co-working space yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I was there, by the way, I'm so sh- I'm I'm shocked that you like it because we don't pay for one of the private rooms. Like we pay just to get access to the building, basically. And you, as a general rule do not like other people and you're like, you're very particular about what can be going on around you while you're trying to work. I think it's like an only child thing from you maybe. So I am shocked that people around you in the common areas don't annoy you more. Two things. One, they often do. Okay. So they sometimes do. You just don't complain about it a lot. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Because the the private office, like if you want a private full-time office there, like that is, is like, eight or 10 times as much as just having yeah. access to the whatever. Um, so the one they sometimes do, and two, I usually get there pretty early, so I have my choice of space, and then I just put my headphones, uh, on. headphones on and go, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Like, and, the, and then I just zone out. But I was really proud of myself yesterday because as a creative person, sometimes it just doesn't work. Like your brain just doesn't work. It's not going to happen. And I, yesterday afternoon, realized that and said to you, you're like, hey, are you going to be home before Ellie gets up from her nap? And I said, if I can't straighten my head out, then yes, because I'm not going to sit here and, and beat myself up and try to do work that, that won't come. Like it so will- you like sit there for hours at a time and you're just feeling so unmotivated, lost yes. and scattered that yes. you're like- you look down at the clock. It's been four hours. You have not gotten one thing done, and you don't even know how to start a second thing. Correct. Yeah. And and that's just it's just a thing that happens. Um, what ended up happening is uh, shortly after that, I had some lunch, and like that kind of fueled me. Like that, you know, little burst of energy or whatever kind of flipped the switch on my brain, and I was fine. And I worked for like three more hours and and got stuff done. Mm-hmm. But I was really proud of myself of of saying I'm not going to force this because I know it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's all. That's just you like, like a stood up for yourself to like, yourself, like a little self brag. Yeah. So just encouragement if you if you're a person whose whose brain is is more creative and sometimes it, it it's off. That's you're not the only one. Number one. Number two. Give yourself a little grace to move around that. One of our upsiders, Donna, posted this in our Facebook group, and I thought it was really cool. So I wanted to let everyone know because this is definitely something I am going to be like implementing. And Jeff, I'm going to put it as soon as I'm done reading it. I'm going to put it like on the wall behind your desk. So um, Berkeley, as in the really good school, has a Greater Good Science Center, and they have like a newsletter and a whatever, and it's this website where they have like 
different um, articles on different psychology things, mostly related to like overall happiness, which I am shocked that I have not heard about this website from my dad because that is like my dad's whole like thing. Like he knows all of it. Study, research, science, He does. He attends seminars on happiness and like, you know, life fulfillment and all this stuff. So they have a monthly happiness calendar and it's literally here's September. All right. Right. Yeah. It's a full calendar and there's one idea per day that you can do as kind of like a brain exercise to work on your own happiness. And it's kind of a similar thing as gratitude. Like we talk all the time about how scientifically, if you want to change your brain, you can, but it takes training. So I think this is a good tool to use because like they have it set up to where you can have it upload to your Google, Google calendar. Oh, that's cool. So like it can be in your phone of like what your the activity so you or can whatever. Look, you look at it every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like a reflection type thing. Um, So I think if you take five minutes a day to implement this in September, which I'm actually going to do, and Jeff, I think you should do for one whole month, um, that it would be a game changing process. What's today's? Today's is let go of regret and embrace what the past has taught you. Oh, it's as easy. I already do that. Well, I mean, but, oh, but I think you got to kind of like meditate on it. Yeah. I think that you have to do like to think about, you know, for me it is like a work experience that I've been going through that I don't want to talk about on today's show, but we'll talk about it maybe next week. But I have a regret from that that I want to like think about for a little bit today and then be like, you know what? I learned something from that and I'm going to let it go. So I think you have to like. Meditate on it. Yeah. And I think the word meditation scares people anyways. No, but you like, you have to like, I feel like I believe with every ounce of my soul that every moment in time leads you to your happiest moments, Mm -hmm. right? And your most fulfilled moments. Um, And those include the most awful moments, like the really difficult ones are. So I, that's not what I'm saying is. I know, but I feel like it's an easy, like we all, we know this stuff, but then we have to practice. So it's a reminder to practice, but there's other things on here. Like I feel like, yeah, like you, yeah. Um, find ways to be creative online is one, um, acknowledge the good work that your coworkers are doing stuff like that. So it's a really cool how to, so I think we should both do it for the month of September. I don't have any coworkers that do good stuff, do good work. Well, you're lucky that this coworker is sitting so far away from you because otherwise you get a little punch in the face. This, uh, well, oh, sorry. I was just going to say the website. So it's greatergood.berkeley, B-E-R-K-E-L-E-Y dot E-D-U. And you can download the calendar. They have a newsletter. Um, and I thought that was really cool. This week in Amazon history, we travel back, for me at least, a full decade. I'm going back 10 years to the year 2012. It's funny that you did that, by the way, because that is like right when we met. And I thought I was going far back this week, but yeah. it was like two. I only went back to 2016. Um, the uh, stuff in tw- the 2012 stuff was really, I mean, it's like a time capsule. It's pretty funny. Uh, like there are a bunch of. What were you doing when we met? The year we met, what were you doing online? The triathlon? What? 
Yeah, no, I just think it's, I'm really excited to see what oh. it is. Cause I barely knew you when you were ordering this stuff. So it's going to be funny. Oh, you said it like accusatory. I was like, what do you mean? What was I doing? No, I'm like, excited. Oh. Cause this is like the pre the Jeff dollar that I know most of the stuff you say, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally, you know, like it has a part of our story. This is like, doesn't involve me at all. I'm into uh, it. There was a whole bunch of stuff related to the triathlon. Cause that was the year I did my triathlon. Mm -hmm. Um, there was every, like, Honestly, 90%. I, I only bought maybe two dozen things the entire year. Which is so weird. Like I, cause now we like get our deodorant. Like we have an right. Amazon package every day. Yeah. Uh, so here is uh, what I purchased exactly 10 years ago and I stand by it. Um, not this exact model because I'm sure they get upgraded or whatever, but the Canon PowerShot Elf cameras. Um, Actually, I'll click on it and see it because it always there's always a thing that says get the newest version of this. If you want a camera and you don't want to have to, you know, if you want to be able to take pictures but you want to be away from your phone, mm -hmm. um, I have purchased a couple different. I've purchased this a couple times, um, and the Canon PowerShot cameras are always fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's. I should have, you know, looked more into it, but yeah. Okay. What else did you buy? A ton of triathlon stuff. What does that mean, though? Goggles, oh. running shoes, mm -hmm. uh, the stuff that you um, put on your private parts so you don't chafe. Um, <laughs> which you know, I'm glad it, I asked. Yeah, um, yeah, that stuff. So, uh, highly recommend. Stands the test of time. This week in Amazon history. The Canon PowerShot Elf camera for me. This week in Amazon history, in 2016, I ordered the DVD <laughs> of The Secret for a friend. I ordered the book The Secret in 2012. What? Actually, it might have been it might have been the DVD. Hold on, that's weird. I'm like a little shocked that I ordered someone a DVD in 2016, but I feel like I don't know. I feel um, like we were over DVDs by then, but maybe we weren't. Was streaming my internet might not have been as fast. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's so funny. Okay, so you've heard us talk about this on the show before, if you are a longtime listener. But the secret is like this super hokey. Oprah recommended. I'm pretty sure one of the guys it's in not it hokey. It's a little hokey. It's a little cheesy. The DVD is cheesy. Yeah, the book, uh, the book not as cheesy, but no, I mean, this is the DVD. That's so funny. Um, which is interesting because I'm pretty sure that later in 2012 is when you made me watch the secret for the first time. Maybe I bought it for you. I think you did. And oh. we watched it together. Weird. I remember we were in South Carolina. Um, but the DVD so hokey, but like I, Oprah recommends the book, um, like a bunch of famous people. I think actually it got some like bad press or something at some point. Cause one of the guys in the documentary is like shady as hell. I don't know. Um, do you remember that? Don't. Okay. Anyways, the whole premise of the book and why we like it is, it's basically saying like you envision the life that you want and then subconsciously the choices that you make, um, are you make those choices with that vision in mind of what you want for your life. It's like manifestation. And I've manifested more or less my whole life. 
Um, I just, I didn't know that that's what it was, but I totally believe in it. Now in the DVD, they're like, yeah, I mean, this one time I was like turning a corner and manifesting a parking spot and there it was, or like I manifested a Maserati. I'm like, okay, that to me is the hokey part. Um, but it's really cool. If you've never done highly recommend my, it's my takeaway from it that I try to do regularly. And cause I think it makes so much sense. A big part of the thing is like every every thought that you have sends energy out into the world and all that energy is going to come come back to you. Uh, so if your thought is. I am in so much debt, I have to get out of debt, the universe, the world, whatever the, the energy doesn't recognize that as being a positive or a negative statement, it just. If the energy is just so much debt, so much debt, so much debt. So when it comes back to you, it comes back in the form of being overwhelmed by the debt. Mm -hmm. So it encourages you to frame things at like, I will make more money next month than I made this month. When you get that money, you can use it to pay down your debt, mm -hmm. but you, you frame like, I am going to start making more money. I am going to start making more money. The woo-woo part of it is that the energy will come back to you, you know, and bring money and riches your way. But for me, the logical part of it is you're just training your brain to be, to mm -hmm. look, to look for more money mm -hmm. as opposed to the absence of money. If you're always thinking right. about debt, you're always thinking about the absence of money. If you're always thinking about making more money, you see the opportunity to make more money. We should watch that this weekend. How eating is another good one. Like if you say, uh, I never eat healthy, mm -hmm. then you will never eat healthy. But if you can frame that to, I make healthy food choices, you'll subconsciously train your brain to do that. And I 100% would watch it this weekend. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for your next comedian here at Ellie's Comedy Club. You're going to love this guy. Welcome to the stage, Dad. A friend of mine was in a terrible accident and he lost two fingers on his right hand. He says, doctor, am I still going to be able to write with this hand? The doctor says, you can write with it, but I wouldn't count on it. Have a joke for Ellie's Comedy Club. Have a comment on something we've talked about or an idea for the show? Call or text Callie and Jeff, 800-434-5454. I have been on an awesome health journey the past couple of months, and it started when I was like, I feel like something's off. I don't know what it is. I don't know why, but I don't feel like myself. And I ordered a women's health Everly Well test. Now, if you've been experiencing symptoms and you don't know where to start, Everly Well is committed to listening and supporting your journey towards better health and wellness. The Everly Well women's health test measures 11 biomarkers known to play a role in your overall health and wellness and checks for any abnormal levels that may be keeping you from feeling your best. Then you can take 
the results of your Everly Well test to your doctor and say, hey, here's what I found out. And it is so cool. They have over 30 at-home lab tests, and you'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or the food sensitivity test. Everly Well ships products straight to you with everything you need in one package. To take your at-home lab test, simply collect your sample and use the included prepaid shipping label to mail your test back to a certified lab. Your physician-reviewed results get sent to your phone or device in just days. Over 1 million people have trusted EverlyWell to support their health and wellness goals, and you should too. You can also get vitamins and supplements from them to continue your journey of feeling like the best you. For Upside listeners, EverlyWell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash upside. That's everlywell.com slash upside for 20% off your next at-home lab test. everlywell.com slash upside. We appreciate our Upside partners, and we appreciate you for supporting them. For more information on any advertiser on the Upside, visit callieandjeff.com. Completely random questions for you, Callie, um, and I will answer them as well. The questions are completely out of left field, but the answers I think will will provide an interesting glimpse into your personality. Okay. Um, number one, this is the less deep of the two. Whose poster or posters were on your wall as a teenager? In sync. Okay. Um, I think Leo DiCaprio. Josh Hartnett. Mm-hmm. Remember him? That's a bummer about Leonardo DiCaprio because you're like 10 years too old for him right now. Do you see that the, the chart that's going on? <laughs> yeah. There's a chart going there's a chart circulating online that Leonardo DiCaprio has broken up with every girlfriend he's had within six months of her twenty fifth birthday. Mm-hmm. And too old. How old is he now? Is he like fifty? I don't think he's that old, but he is, he's definitely like his forties way older than that. Yeah. He like dates models half his age for sure. But the fact that he dumps them, like they age out of the DiCaprio school. I mean, mean? but if you're Leo, I mean, wouldn't you do the same thing? Does he still have it? I mean, he doesn't still have it, but I feel like anyone rich enough, if you can constantly rotate out 25 year old models and that fulfills you. And that fulfills you. That's the key. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And Saint Leonardo DiCaprio. Who else? Um, Josh Hartnett. That was like a big one. And JTT. Who's JTT? Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, what about you? The only one I could think of was Samantha Fox. Who's Samantha Fox? She was a like like a bikini model who recorded like one pop song. Mm. And this is how you know it was cheesy. If I'm not mistaken, the pop, first of all, it was Fox with two X's. Oh, of course it was. And the pop song, I think, was something along the lines of like, Hungry Like a Fox. You know, like it had her name. It was so cheesy. Some manager of hers is so proud of himself. Let's add another X. And then like your single can be about like a fox. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So that's that's the more shallow question. Here's the deep one. If your biggest former, well, obviously former, if your biggest childhood bully tried to make amends with you today, would you accept or would you ignore them? (laughs) 
Oh, why does this make me squirm a little bit? Um, I would. Did somebody come to mind as soon as I said your biggest child? Oh, yeah. Is there one person? Um, there's not one. There's like a little group. I would let someone apologize and I would be like, oh, thank you. But would it impact my life and we become besties and like turn over a new leaf? Like, no. And not because I'm not forgiving, but just because I don't want that. I just don't want that around um, in my orbit. You know what I'm saying? Now, is that, that's the big person thing to do, right? Like to allow them to apologize mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. and accept that apology. Mm -hmm. But are you not being true to yourself if you still have hatred in your heart for them? Like, um, I don't think it has anything to do with still have hatred in your heart. I think you can just be like, yeah, that whole situation like totally burned me and it burned me for good. Like there's nothing that is going to that where I won't think about that and feel it as a pain point in my life. Yeah. But I don't, um, I don't want to like rehash it. I don't want to be like, you know, I don't need their apology doesn't impact me one way or another. Got it. So, yeah. so you're fine with giving them the serenity that they're asking for. Yeah, that's fine. But that's good for you. That's fine. But it's not, yeah, it's not important to me. What about uh, you? Were I, you ever bullied? No. And here, but when I thought about it, this is so, this is so on brand for me, but I went to a very small high school. Our graduating class was 60 people, maybe like <laughs> 58. Everybody knew everybody. Nobody disliked, you know what I mean? Like the seniors picked on the freshmen type of thing, but there was like, nobody there wasn't, there weren't really clicks or anything. Was there not, or were you just oblivious? I mean, I'm think there were like, there were definitely like the athletes, uh -huh. you know what I mean? And then the, the, we lived in a, in a like farm community, a lot of farms. So like there were the, like the farm kids, like the 4-H, you yeah. know, like mm -hmm. that group. But like everybody, there were like a couple cheerleaders in 4-H and a couple, you know, 4-Hers and cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. Like it, there, it just wasn't big enough. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. a third of our class was on the football team. Right. You know, like the, yeah. it just wasn't. Yeah. So it, it wasn't big enough. But I do remember being afraid of being bullied. Hmm. Like I remember the feeling and the anxiety. But when I think back on it, I can't think of any situation where not only me, but anyone I know was bullied. Mm -hmm. I have a vague. Okay. Here's this. I'm I have gonna... a vague memory of one kid in our class getting pantsed in front of everybody. Oh, that's so mean. But I don't even think I was there to witness it. Like that could have just been like a. Somebody telling you about it or something. Well, that could have just been like the game of telephone. Like it might not have ever happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like his fly, here's... his fly might've been down. When he came out of the restaurant, right. they're like, oh, yeah, he ripped his pants off and marched him through the gym. That probably didn't happen. Um, okay, now here's my question. Take it a little bit deeper. Would you, same question, but about your adult life? No. You wouldn't forgive? No, and I would tell them. Really? Yeah. 
Do you think that'll change in like 10 or 20 no. years? Or do you think they've impacted you so much to the point where you're like, I just think you're it's, terrible. It's not about impacting me. Mm -hmm. It's about. If, if somebody, the way I look at it, if you're a kid, you know what I mean? And, you, and you're crappy to somebody and you're a bully, you're a kid. That's not you. Mm -hmm. That's your parents. Right. That's your circle of influence bullying somebody. Mm -hmm. You don't know. You're not. If you're in, in, in ninth, if you're a 15-year-old a, a mm -hmm. bully, you don't know the level of what you're doing is right or wrong. Like, you don't. You can't process that. And if you don't have anybody in your orbit telling you if it's right or wrong, mm -hmm. that's not your fault. So if somebody, if I was bullied in, in, in my teens and somebody came to me 20 or 30 years later, I would sincerely forgive them. And I would feel like I'd be like, that was actually like, that's cool. What if in 20 years? But well, oh. Yeah. Okay. No, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but if, if you're an adult bully, like if you're a grown up, if you're an adult and you treat people poorly and you're and you are a crappy human being and you treat me poorly and you come back to me 10 years later and you're like you know what i'd like to bury the hatchet i would say yeah you don't know what if they were like hey i have you know like been in therapy and really like doing work on myself and i really can't believe the way things happened 20 years ago and i just want to tell you that i'm sorry thank and you and then, but you're, yeah, that's as far as it goes for you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to, like, I, I have, we've talked about this on the show before, the, the whole concept of forgive and forget, like you have to forgive people. And I know that we're going to get messages and talk about how it's in the Bible and blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, the Christian way and all this stuff, which is great. I believe that you are allowed to just forget. Mm-hmm. Like there are people in the world who are not nice. Like that's they're they're allowed to exist in the world. Mm -hmm. Like they're also allowed to make your life terrible. And you something happened. The, the reason that happened, like you became stronger, you left a situation, you became empowered to speak out, and whatever it is, or you endured it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then got to the other side of it and decided I'm never going to endure that again. Yeah. Like you received something from that terrible part of your existence. So if they want to come to you and say, man, I was just really an awful person. Like, I think it's fine to go. Yeah, you were. <laughs> you went from your, you went from so relaxed. Like, I wish we had cameras near. And now you look so tense that I almost I just, feel guilty for bringing that up. I'm not tense. I just, I don't believe. No, I, everything that you're saying makes sense. I don't believe that somebody, that somebody else's comfort and peace of mind becomes your responsibility simply because they decide. Totally that, agree. That they're sorry. Their peace of mind and their ability to sleep at night if should does not hinge on your forgiveness, mm -hmm. you don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to say like anything, or you could tell them the impact that they had. And then at the end of it go, I don't forgive you, but we can move on. Mm -hmm. Like 
And that's that. Yeah. Here are your three random things for today. Water. We've heard that water. You should just stop there. Here water. are your three random things for today. <laughs> water. water <laughs> mustard. And a dachshund. And those are your three random things. So, uh, you know, we've heard and we feel that being near water makes you feel calmer, right? Can lower your anxiety. Helps with the stress. Apparently, it can help with your stress and anxiety if you even look at water, which is, you know, awesome. So go change those screensavers or, you know, whatever the background of your computer is. Oh, you mean like a picture? Like you don't have to go stand at the edge of the ocean. Don't have to go stand at the ocean. You, it can help you like get into the present moment and you can just like see a picture of water and that will calm you down. Sometimes when I am feeling particularly stressed, I will just go look at the toilet. Um, you're going to laugh at this, but it actually says if you're in a city or an area that doesn't have a natural body of water, canals, fountains, pools, and bathtubs can deliver the same feelings of the calm of calm. So just go fill up your bathtub. You're welcome. A couple has filed a lawsuit against their neighbor. It's an elderly couple, old people. So upset that they have gone to the courts to challenge their neighbor because the neighbor has a rooster that crows 200 times a day, starting at 8 a.m. It doesn't stop until sundown when the owners lock it up in a, in a windowless pen. So the, Ooh, the, the that is a lot. 200 times a day. Yeah. Is that one of those things where like, you know, if you live near train tracks or something or you live near an airport, like it just eventually becomes background noise? Or I feel like a rooster's pretty... You know. Yeah. And I think there's a significant, mm. I think there's a difference. Like the, the people got the rooster after they moved in. Like. Yeah. You if can't. You, if you move near an airport, you're, you're going to expect to hear airport sounds. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you move into a neighborhood, you're not going to expect to hear a. I would be annoyed. I think if our neighbors had a rooster. I would kidnap it. And then I would go to the neighbor's door the next day with some chicken fingers. You're not really? right. Yeah. You are not right. Do you Chicken finger? Do you want a snack? Snack. Hmm. And your third random thing is there is a reason that we all get excited about pumpkin spice, whatever, fill in the blanks. And this is one of the things I love in the pick me up this week. Just a reminder, I am writing it while Katie is on maternity leave. And Jeff Dollar has not read the one I sent out yesterday, but I got to say, um, I think I it, it went, was awesome. No offense, but I think it went to spam. Now, That's fine. And I'm getting heat. It's, it's not your fault. But if you if you have subscribed to this in the past, would you please go into your spam folder and unspam it? Or go into your like promotions folder and unpromotion it or whatever you need to do, because that actually helps everybody get it. Yeah, we switched um, email companies. And as uh, even if you've been getting the pick me up for like years, it's kind of like a reset. Like yeah. you're email system is like, oh, this is a new sender, not one you've been reading every week for, you yeah. know, two years. So sorry. It would, it would help us out if you could do that. Thanks. Yes. Um, anyways, that so there is an association between fall and pumpkin spice that are built in to your temporal lobe. So when we think of Paul of fall or pumpkin spice, it automatically triggers 
the other and it makes us feel like wholesome nostalgic fall vibes so i wrote about that in the pick me up and then hello what do you know research when you think of pumpkin spice lattes you think of fall and it makes you feel good and those are your three random things thank you for listening to the upside with callie and jeff most people learn about the upside from their friends please tell everyone you know about this podcast so the amazing upside community can continue to grow the other day you did one of your three random things about a um like how if you leave your dogs alone at home you're supposed to turn on classical music and it calms them down or whatever yeah when I was like mid freak out on Monday, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? Because I feel like I'm about to freak out. I'm going to be like a dog. I'm going to turn on classical music. I'm going to be calm as hell. And I turned it on and I was like, oh my God, this, I am, this is like hearing nails on a chalkboard for me when I'm stressed. I think you have to, you have to. It was horrible. You have to know enough about classical music in order to find the calming stuff. I mean. Because I would just go, like I would like. You know what turned on when I typed classical music in Spotify? Ave Maria. Oh, that would put you to sleep, right? Well, it would put you to sleep and like I'm on the verge of tears. That's like not, I don't need Ave Maria. That's not classical music, is it? I'm that's sure a, there's a classical music ver- there's like classical music versions of Taylor Swift. That's an opera though. Yeah. No, you can't do classical covers. That's not real classical Any, music. No, but I went through like four or five things and it was like scratching on the walls. So I was like, I I can't do this. Maybe I'm like so not zen that the zen of classical music is like. I feel like you got to know exactly what you need because classical music will, will like sneak attack you. You know, mm-hmm. like it's all relaxing and you're like, this is beautiful. And then all of a sudden there's like a slow build to. A death or something. The equivalent of like, you know turned down for what but classical music <laughs> and then next thing you know there's big giant drums and whatever no wonder i was crying in a conference room <laughs> hey callie and jeff this is michelle um i was just listening to a podcast today where you were talking about things that teachers were allowed to do back in the 80s and 90s that they are not allowed or probably wouldn't be allowed to do today um my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Rutledge, um, took my twin brother and I Christmas shopping for my mom because she wanted my mom to have a um, Christmas present from us. So I remember staying after school and we rode in her car. She took us to a department store and went shopping bought a Christmas present for my mom. And she is the reason that I became a teacher. So I just wanted to share that. Y'all have a great day. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it's Lisa from Colorado. And I paused the show today talking about things that teachers got away with in the 80s that they would not get away with today. And I went to a private school And when I was taking my typing elective, our teacher wanted to make sure we kept our hands on the keyboard at exactly uh, the correct letters. And if we picked up our hands and took them off the keyboard, he would slap our hands with a ruler. So there you go. Don't think that you could do that now. Have a great day. Bye. Guys, so here's a funny story about a teacher. I am a teacher too, but this was my high school chemistry teacher. 
and she would smoke cigarettes in the science closet that was filled with chemicals. So there's that. Have a good day. Bye. Oh my gosh, it's Lisa from Colorado again. I just remembered another one. When I was in first grade, my teacher had us have to bring buddies to the bathroom and they would go into the stall with us. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that doesn't even sound good back then. Certainly wouldn't fly nowadays. Anyways, bye. Hey, so never fear that your daughter's teachers are thinking that you are um, not being kind to her. Um, healthcare professionals and early childhood educators specifically are trained on what injuries are sort of part of the natural course of toddlerhood and what are suspicious. And Ellie is 100% part of the natural injury incidents of toddlerhood. Bye. Hey guys, this is Crystal from Chattanooga. I am listening to the part of the show where you're talking about things that teachers used to do that wouldn't fly now. Um, I remember my first grade teacher, she was sort of in like 89, um, a little girl's hair kept getting in her eyes. And I remember she took a rubber band and would put the little girl's bangs back. And then finally one day she cut her hair. Um, so, yeah, it was just family. Um, I would not say the elementary school, but let's just say I remained scared of her to this day. Thanks. Bye. Hey, y'all. It's Jen in Chicago. I am calling because you were just talking about the awkwardness of sitting on a Zoom call wondering if your camera is on, even though you think it's off. And I'm not sure if I'm supposed to do this, but in the spirit of lifting each other up and talking about all the great podcasts that are out there, um, Armchair Expert has a new spinoff called Armchair Anonymous. And they had one this summer um, that was called Zoom Blunders. And listeners called in with their biggest Zoom meeting blunders and I was dying. So people that need a laugh, people that have done something embarrassing need to go listen to this because it could always be worse. Anyway, Armchair Anonymous, Zoom Blunders. I think it was um, an episode from back in June or July, but everybody needs to go listen to it and um, you will definitely get your laugh for the day. Talk to you later. Bye. I would like to share with you just three cardinal rules of my ability and longevity. One, surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. Two, slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. And three, the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next, so keep climbing.